Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending July 2nd, 2021. I'm Sophie Antelgibert, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Alex Kuzli, investment strategist for Russell Investments. Hi, Alex. How are you? Good, Sophie. How are you? Great. I'm good. It's great to see you. I'm hoping that we can get your insights and thoughts on three areas that are sort of top of mind for a lot of the news media at the moment and also for for investors. The first is looking at the U.S. infrastructure package um, that is, you know, going, working its way through Congress. The second is the 100-year anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party that is currently being sort of marked. And the last one is oil prices globally. Sound okay? Perfect. Awesome. So U.S. infrastructure package, on again, off again, on again. For anybody who's watched Friends, it feels almost like that sort of situation um, with Rachel and Ross. Where are we with the U.S. infrastructure package? Sure. So yeah, we have been on again, off again. I think the big news came through just uh, in the lead up to last weekend, uh, where we saw this bipartisan agreement between the White House and a group of Republican senators for this $1.2 trillion package. Close to half of that is new spending and half was kind of just renewing existing spending. Um, when we saw it, after that announcement was that it seemed that Biden was trying to tie the social spending measures that, that have been announced on the Families Act to that infrastructure package, which we know that Republicans and some of the more moderate Democrats in the Senate are a little bit um, opposed to. And over the weekend, he basically walked those back and said that those two packages aren't tied. So what we saw this week uh, is that the House have now passed a bill uh, for $720 billion dollars. And that will now go to the Senate. And that still leaves that open, that room for adjustment of that towards that $1.2 trillion. So I think we are getting there towards this infrastructure package. Our original baseline that it would be happening sometime around September, that's still possible as these negotiations happen. And then I guess the next part uh, of this is around what happens with that next package of spending, which is around the Families Act. And that is going to be a much tougher negotiation act uh, for the Democrats to get through. And how have markets reacted? I'm thinking especially for, you know, any investors that are seeking, you know, some additional diversification through real assets and infrastructure being one of those those parts of a portfolio. How have markets reacted to to the current situation with the infrastructure package? I mean, infrastructure has been held up all right until this last week. It's been a little bit softer, at least listed infrastructure. I think it's really important to know that the crossover between the infrastructure spending that's being announced here and say the typical listed infrastructure indexes, they're not as they're not one for one. A lot of the projects are more um, in areas that don't have a listed exposure. Um, so it's kind of hard to get the read there. I guess in just in terms of the general equity market, it's been quite strong. You know, this just adds to the fiscal thrust that or you know the fiscal impulse. But again, compared to the previous packages, this is over 10 years. So it's a big number. Um, but you know, this spending is spread over quite a long time. Perfect. Moving on, maybe. Um, so you're you're down in Sydney. Um, China's not that far away. They're celebrating their 100 year anniversary of the uh, of the Chinese Communist Party um, right now. What are you? What are some of the headlines indicating? And what are some of the more recent numbers out of China, especially? I'm thinking, you know, with their sort of export led growth and economy. The Delta variant is sort of making a spike again. You guys are back in lockdown in Sydney. Where, how is that influencing things and your outlook for China? Yeah, so I think the first thing, like to go big pitch with China, uh, and we've talked about this for, for nearly a year now, China were first in, first out of lockdown, first in, first out of monetary policy and fiscal policy stimulus. Uh, and what we're seeing now is that 
we are seeing a bit of a slowing or, or a peaking in growth in China. Uh, and what we're really focusing on is that we'd expected the kind of credit impulse and that stimulus to start to slow. It's happened faster than we would have expected. Uh, it's one that seems to have been front loaded. And our base case is that it kind of starts to bottom out at this point in time and we sort of don't see this further acceleration to slowing. Um, but what we are seeing are very early signs that the Chinese government and authorities are starting to get a little bit worried about how fast that slowing is happening. And so we are you know, starting to think about whether we start to see a shift in policy response to a bit more easing towards the back half of the year. Uh, in terms of the numbers that we've gotten through, so the, the most recent thing we've, we received this week was the Chinese PMIs, both the, the official government-run ones uh, and the privately-run Kaijin ones. The government ones look fairly decent um, and interestingly tied to the kind of the Delta variant and you talk about exports. When you pull down below the headline, uh, the new orders were quite solid from the domestic part of the economy, but the new export side was sort of starting to weaken off a little bit. And I think there is an element of that that we should expect, regardless of the Delta variant, which I think is fairly inconsequential for economic activity. If you look at areas like Scotland and Israel, they've had really high cases, but hospitalizations just aren't following because, you know, unlike Australia, there's high levels of vaccination and it's proven to be quite effective. Um, but as the world reopens and we've moved from goods, goods consumption to services, that is a little bit of a drag on Chinese exports just naturally. Um, and so we want to see that shift from the export-led to the consumption-led part of the economy within China. Uh, I guess you know, it's very early days, but it looks like that's starting to take a little bit of a hold. Terrific. Thank you. So it looks like that's been maybe slowing down a little bit. Something that has not slowed down recently is oil prices um, have been rising. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the backstory there and also what your outlook is for oil? I think the, the, the big picture is just, you know, that the world is kind of coming back to normal and people kind of getting back in their cars, demand's picking up. Uh, and the other side that this week has been the focus has been on the supply. So we have in the US, shale producers uh, have pulled back quite significantly. If you look at the number of oil rigs, they're coming back, but they're still very far below where they were before COVID. And um, we also have this agreement of the OPEC plus. So the typical OPEC group and Russia have joined the mix uh, and they've been reducing production. Uh, and this week, what we've saw is that we originally were, they had planned that they would be starting to loosen those um, restrictions on production not by a great deal, 500,000 barrels per day was the original plan uh, starting in August. Uh, and it looks like there is some discomfort within the group, particularly from the UAE. Uh, and so it seems that you know, the meeting was meant to be today. So we were hoping to talk about it right now, but it's being pushed back to tomorrow. It tends to be that when those meetings get pushed back, it means that there's a change to plans. Uh, and it looks like that might just mean that we're going to see a little bit less supply coming back online than we had previously expected because of this discomfort. I think just that adds to a little bit more constructive outlook for the oil market. But we have done quite a lot. You know, West Texas back at 75. Uh, it's been a pretty, pretty amazing move. Terrific. Thank you. And obviously, Alex, we're actually recording on Thursday, July 1st. So when you say today and tomorrow, we'll actually hear the news. It sounds like on Friday, July 2nd. So we'll all have to be, you know, reading the headlines. We'll get an update from from you or from one of your colleagues next week on what the what the oil price and the out, outcome of that OPEC meeting was. But for now, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today, Alex. But thank you so much for your insights. And thank you for watching. We'll be back again soon.